Welcome aboard Big Sales National Football Show. Pull up a chair, put your phone somewhere, your laptop, your tablet, put us on your television, any way you want to watch the show today. If you want to sit back, have at it. We're all good. You want to be part of the show like you see some of the folks over here? We welcome you aboard. You know, I'm going to try to be this today. I'm going to try to be diplomatic. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. And to try to be as diplomatic as, okay, frick it. I can't do I, I It's not happening for me, man. That defensive coordinator of yours, seriously, Independence Hall. I got a job for him over there, right there at the front holding the door. Okay? He can hold pamphlet, pamphlet, pamphlet. I, that's all that guy is good for. Holy cow. Guys, we got an extra day to break down this Vikings and Eagles game. Plus, we have a bunch of NFL news, too. And so we appreciate you stepping in here with us. All right. I'm going to make a couple suggestions to you. Oh, and before we get going, did you see the new? Jesus, man. The Eagles are fantastic at doing this. Watch this. Xander, you'll like this. I'll get my bait. You put it on my hook. Me reel in the choir. <laughs> I'm reeling in the choir. You don't really think that Howie Rose was part of the game plan. No, no, no. Okay, go to your room. More bait. Reeling in. WIP, you don't really think Howie Roseman is part of the game plan, do you? No, no. Go to your corner. There's some more bait. Them worms and sandworms usually work. Put them up there. Boo! Got the Inquirer. Woo! Oh! Got the Inquirer. Yeah. A little tougher, but it's all right. You don't really think <laughs> Howie Rose was part of the game plan. No. no. Go to your corner. The other station really doesn't matter, so we don't throw any bait to them. <laughs> 97.5 doesn't matter. It's okay. So we just wanted to pull the big dogs in here. We don't we don't pull the riffraff over there and the people sitting there with one foot on the beach and one in the sand. We don't go for them. We only go with the other guys that we're kind of in the room with. So you tell me how he saw Boy, I'll tell you, Nick had to get in front of the media today. No, no, we ask him what players are going to be active. You do? You, 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 you ask him who's active? Dude, that thing went from bad to worse. So how he picks your Sunday roster for you? Okay, coach. <laughs> hey, beautiful. So he... He's not involved in the game plan. He's involved in everything else. And he's involved in the personnel that's going to be active for Sunday's game. Pretty smooth. Dude, if I were you and I were the Eagles, I would shut my hole about that whole Jonathan Gannon thing and Howie Roseman being part of the game plan. Let it go, dude. You're not helping yourself. You, hey, hey, it, 
Let it go, dude. You're making it worse. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, hey, just be quiet and pretend, you know, like the modern media does today. Just pretend no one said it. Okay, but when you keep bringing it up and the head coach has to address it, well, that's not what Jonathan meant. What are you, the press secretary at the White House now? That's who Jonathan Gannon reminds me of, the press secretary at the White House. That's not what President Biden meant. (laughs) You're like, I heard him say it. (laughs) I heard the guy say it. And you're telling me that's not what I heard? It's a pretty slick way of doing business, though. Maybe I didn't hear it. Maybe he didn't say that. You never know with Sleepy Joe. It's like a weekend at Bernie's at the White House. You go like this. I don't know. Maybe he didn't say it. Holy cow, man. Little advice. Let it go. Thank you. All right. Man, I watched it too, and he's like fumbling through it. You You know, he doesn't really just tells us about the active people. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan Gannon accidentally snitched on Howie or Coach Roseman. I like to call him now. Anyway, all right. Can I tell you how the Minnesota Vikings are going to attack the Philadelphia Eagles? It is so simple. You know, I had a chance, and I've got friends at NFL Films, so I had a chance to watch the coaches' version of both the offense and defense as they played and prepared their game plan against the Detroit Lions, and I watched it. The defensive coordinator of the Lions came up with a really great way of controlling the Eagle offense as much as he possibly could. Look, do the Lions have the talent that the Eagles have? The coaching staff in Detroit knew that they did it. So what did they do? What did they do? They blitzed on first and second down. They still ran the ball for 200 yards. But look at the score at the end of the day. Last year, it was 44-6. to This year, 38-35. Detroit figured out a way to control the passing game. Let A.J. feed off it. Let him get his numbers, as long as anybody else doesn't. That's going to be a formula that teams are going to go after the Eagle offense with. They know A.J. Brown's going to get his. The thing they didn't count on, though, and I'm talking the Lions coaches, Miles Sanders getting 90 yards. That was the one component that they didn't count on. They knew that Jalen was going to scramble. I don't believe that they thought that Jalen was going to scramble to that efficiency and to be that effective on third and long. Nobody can count for that because he was spectacular at that. But Miles Sanders was kind of like, that was something they didn't, they didn't take into account, that he was going to put that kind of game up. Guy averaged over five yards a carry. He was great in that ball game. Like I said, that's what kept everything kind of honest. This is what Minnesota's going to do. And Minnesota's got better personnel. And get this, they got better linebackers. They might have the three best linebacking group in the league. They got pass rushers. They got a secondary, too. Detroit didn't have any of that. Detroit had spot players, a linebacker here, a a, a safety, and a rusher in Aiden Hutchinson. The rest of it was guys. 
Minnesota, they have they have some good players on that side of the ball. Their defense, their defense, as bad as it was last year, they did a hell of a job against that Minnesota Viking team. I thought they confused Aaron Rodgers the entire time. I think they're going to blitz the Eagles on Monday night on first and second down. I do. When you do that, what does that do? It means that Jalen has to win the game throwing the ball, running the ball. The ball is in his hand. But you're not going to be able to spread the ball around. They're going to let – A.J.'s going to have – I say this to you. I bet you A.J. Brown, I bet you he has 105 yards, 107 yards on Monday night. Maybe even a touchdown. Maybe two. Maybe two. He's going to get his numbers, but they're going to do everything in their power. And because Jalen can't read, why do you think the Lions blitzed on first and second down and they blitzed as much as they did? They knew he struggles at picking up blitz reads. They know he struggles at picking up being able to spread the ball around. And the offensive line didn't do a very good job pass protecting. That all played into why that game was close. And Detroit doesn't have the personnel for that. I still kept it close, though. You know why? Because their D coordinator was aggressive. Their D coordinator knew we don't have the people to line up in a base defense and play against that Eagle front five in their offensive line and sit there and think that we're just going to pound it out with them. They knew that. They, they knew the strengths of that football. That was well designed. I'll tell you this. Can I tell you something here? I personally think that the Detroit Lions outcoached the Philadelphia Eagles in game one. I think they outcoached them. They just didn't get the result they were looking for. A couple more minutes, maybe. Again, I didn't really think that that game was in jeopardy. Maybe with three minutes left in the in the game. I, I thought maybe if you get a couple stops here, who knows, right? So they're going to, with better players and with what they saw in that first week, they're going to, I believe they're going to blitz and they're going to keep bringing the house. They're going to do that. There's better linebacker play in Minnesota. That's what's going to be the interesting to see how the Eagle offense handles that and how really Jalen these guys do great drops. you got to watch them. They're great on fills. They're great on covering backs and tight ends. They hit. They fill gaps. They don't take false steps. It's a pretty good group. That's a pretty good-looking group they have up there in Minnesota. So this could be quite a little test. But I think the Lions laid out a, a game plan that I think Minnesota is going to follow. And, I, and they're going to go like this. Let's see if the Eagles can fill it up and they can figure it out. Henpen says that game was handles until Gannon went prevent in the fourth. That game shouldn't have been that close. Yeah, it's situational blitzing. Penn, this guy had three and outs, three in a row. Stop doing it. You're up 31-17. Why did you stop? Golf can't handle pressure. Okay. Why he can't handle pressure? You know he can't. You saw him in Los Angeles. Guy can't handle pressure. 
Brian says Dalvin Cook is a better running back than Swift. I don't know, man. I think Dalvin Cook's a better runner for sure, but Swift is – I think he's more versatile. I, I think Swift in Detroit reminds me of an old Avion Bell. Catch the rock out of the backfield. He's effective at running into tackles. Hell, he had 9-6 on a carry on Sunday against the um, Eagles. So I, I think he's a pretty good football player, but Dalvin Cook's a better runner in between the tackles. I'll give you that. Um. Yeah, Anthony goes horrible take out. Coach Detroit was down seventeen twice. Yes, and then they rolled back. Wait, wait a minute here. You see what this guy Anthony says? Horrible take. Really? Well, I'll tell you what. The Eagles. I come away from that game feeling awful. The Lions. I come away from that game going, "Hey, man, we found a lot of things here. You closed the gap." Last year, it was 44 to 6. This year, you put 35 on a so called Super Bowl contender. Congratulations to you, guy. The Detroit Lions, who won what? Three games last year? Closed the gap on you. <laughs> okay. Tell you what, if I'm a defender and I had the worst tackling football team after week one, I wouldn't be crowing about anything coaching. I wouldn't be crowing. Hey, and do you think those coaches called those those um, those escapes by Jalen Hurts? Jalen did that on his own. Those weren't designed plays on third and 12. Third and 12, you think they called the running play? Right. Jalen bailed his coaching staff out. He bailed his coaching staff out. This guy's wanted to throw the ball more. You saw it. Pressure got to him because the O-line folded. And Jalen had to make something out of broken plays. The majority of those runs, I'd say 90% of those runs on Sunday were because Jalen had to put the game in his own hands. Those weren't designed plays. Hey, go ahead, take off. Third and 12, you think that's a design run as many times, third, eight, 12, seven, six, you thought those were designed, right? Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. I agree with that take. Who just said that this will be the toughest game before the bye? I agree. I agree. I don't think that Cowboy game is going to be that tough. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about that, okay? Let me tell you also what I saw on film. I saw some of you tell me at Monday you thought James Bradbury played well. Where, where did you see that? Dude, he did not. He did not. As a matter of fact, there was a communications issue. When you watch them playing, let me tell you what Detroit did. They attacked every single new guy that was out there on that field. And it will be a problem on Monday. And here's why. Because the idiotic coaching staff didn't feel it was necessary in the exhibition season to get those guys quality reps as a unit. This is where this comes back to haunt them. Let me give you a Belichick way of how he approached teams. Okay, let me give this to you here. 
we're sitting on the boat with Bill and Bill go, I go to Bill, I go like this to him. I go, coach, when you're game planning a certain team, what do you think about the most? He goes, I automatically look for the new guys, rookies or free agents. And I said, so you don't look for weaknesses and positions. He goes, I look for weaknesses and knowledge. And I said, what do you mean coach? He's like, well, the majority of the new players don't really understand understand the schematics or the technique that that respected offense or defensive coordinator wants them to play, and that's why they seem slow. That's why they seem slow to react, and maybe they're behind the ball a bit. And I'm like, wow. He goes, we attack knowledge in New England. The guy who's – he may be the most gifted player on the planet, but he's coming still to a new country. He's got to learn a new language. He's got to learn new technique. You're not picking that up in three weeks. You don't really get what that player could possibly do until next year when that guy's comfortable in the system. You guys kept using this whole thing the whole time on Jalen Hurts. This is the second year now that he's in the same system. What makes you think those five new players that you brought in on your defensive side have their shit together? Where did you come up with that? Just because they're good players doesn't mean they know what they're doing. And it showed on film. It showed the lack of communication. The not understanding of fits. Bradbury was behind in almost all of his fits. There were times out there he was just rolling around. I I saw him one time rolling a circle. Hassan Reddick looks like a man without a country. He has no idea what he's doing out there. You know why? They're putting him in shitty positions. He's not a run defender. He's a pass rusher. That's all he does. You overpaid for him too, by the way. You gave $10 million to a guy who could do one thing. That's it. Can't play the run, can't cover tight ends, and he cannot cover running backs out of the backfield. It's glaring. It's why three teams have passed on him. You don't let loose edge rushers, corners, left tackles, pass rushers, and quarterbacks and receivers. Those are premium positions you pay big money for. You don't let guys with 10 sacks walk out the building. You find ways of making it work. You you have to. Arizona, they they went like this. He's one-dimensional, but we can't do anything with him. He's what we used to call back in the day a tweener. Okay? What, what, hey, Bradbury did not look, his run fits were terrible. Okay? Philly, that's why he's going on his third team in three years, because he's so productive. He looked terrible on Sunday. Terrible. He's one-dimensional. Tackles for losses. Uh, oh, really? Why did Carolina, his college coach, dump him? Money? No. You find, you find money for pass rushers. Okay? You find money. You don't let a guy roll out of the building. And somebody fires back at me and goes, Sills, what about Chandler Jones? What did he have, like 11 sacks last year? He had five in one game. I don't know. I think that number's a little misleading. I think that number's a little misleading. 
to me, I'll tell you this, Hassan Reddick is not like Hugh Douglas. Hugh didn't want to play the run either. He didn't want to cover tight ends. But Jim Johnson was skilled enough to put a position together for him and a defensive scheme together that utilized his ability. That guy in Philly, who's your coordinator, he ain't it. Okay? He ain't it. Oh, I'll tell you flat out. Eagles had the worst tackling team in the league. Wow. Top 10 defense, worst tackling. That's some statement. Well, you know, it's the first game and they're knocking rust off. Dude, this is the NFL. What do you think this is? Playing Chattanooga University or Slippery Rock or North Dakota State? You got to be ready and Prime to go, man. It's the NFL. It's the pros. It's the big leagues. Can you imagine having a shitty opening night on Broadway? You get hammered in the media for that. Same here. When you have a new play that opens up on Broadway and it sucks out loud, you get hammered for it. No one shows up after that. Same here. And by the way, it's not just one game. It's 19 ball games. That's how I look at it. It's 19 games. I mean, there's no way when you look at how that team was prepared that you're going into this Minnesota game going. Now, look, I'll tell you this. Offensively, I think I – I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I feel better about the offense than I do the defense going into this Monday night game. Okay? I do. Illusion says, disagree with Hassan Reddick's assessment, but you can have the best player in the world and they won't ever live up to half that potential with a poor scheme. Yeah, but Illusion, we're saying the same thing. I never said he's a bad player. I said the last two teams he's been on have had bad coordinators. Let me make sure that that's clear then. I'm, I'm not saying to you Reddick's bad. I am not saying that. And, 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 uh, and if I'm giving that impression, I, that's not where I'm at. I think this guy's had two bad coordinators and maybe a third bad one. You know, bad coaches do follow players sometimes. You know, not everybody's a good D coordinator. Okay? Okay? Shepard goes, Dan the hater. So when you point shit out, Shepard, you don't like it and call people haters. That's okay. That's where you are, I guess. Yes, Brian. Yes. But, 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 Brian, right. He doesn't have all those appendages like in a Swiss Army. He doesn't have the corkscrew. He doesn't have the Phillips. He's a one blade dude. Right on. Right on, man. He's a one-blade dude. Okay? I mean, this guy, because you know why? Because they're paying him 10. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you too, Brian. Okay, I'm agreeing with you too, man. Sub goes, what's your scheme, Silio? I like that take. Because you know what that means right there, Sub? Okay, man, listen. We've heard you bitching for a couple days. How would you use him and how would you fix him? What would you do with him? 
I'd have Hassan Reddick standing right next to Tracy Rocker on the sidelines. He would not start ball games for me. He's not starting games. I'm going to situationally play him. He's still going to play 75% of the game. Most of the time, teams, 72% of the time, are in nickel packages. He's still going to get his reps. But the player wants to start, and I get that. Big Sills don't like sitting in the pine either. I get it. Okay? So that is an issue in itself. Probably has incentives in his contract, too, that say game starts. He gets probably $50,000 a game. All of that's built in. And that was probably one of the selling points of him coming back home besides coming back home is that he was going to start. See, to me, Arizona and Carolina, they figured this out. Can't start this guy. And I think that's why things unraveled in those two places. And, of course, Gannon and the staff and Coach Roseman thought that they could fix this. Well, they're in the same dilemma those other two teams are in now. He's not bad. He's not bad. I, if I gave that impression that Hassan Reddick's a bad player, I apologize. I'm not saying that at all. But you've got to come up with a Hugh Douglas scheme like Jim Johnson did when he created that defense for him to get up and pass rush. Okay. I don't think the D coordinator is creative enough. I think he falls in love with his system, not the players. And I don't think he can build. You see, when, when you're a coordinator and you're really somebody like Wade Phillips, Bud Carson, Buddy Ryan, those, Bonnie Kiffin. Hey, let me show you another example. I was talking to Warren Sapp. Here, let me show you this. I got to show you this. You're going to love this. Uh, let me show you this. So, yeah, obviously, we got Jason Cole, 530 Eastern. Okay? Warren Sapp. I'm talking to Sapp. Dungey and Kiffin came up with the Tampa 2. Guess who else created the Tampa 2? Mike Tomlin was on that staff. They created this defense called the Tampa 2 because of Derrick Brooks. That's why when I give you an example in Pittsburgh of Ryan Shazier, Ryan Shazier played the role of Derrick Brooks in that Pittsburgh defense. When he got hurt, they have never been able to replace him. And that defense, quite frankly, has never been the same. It's never been the same. And when you have people like Rondé Barber that can – Rush the passer, cover corner. You have pass rushers like Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp. And you got players like John Lynch in the secondary tone setters. You build the defense around those guys. You don't just plug and play. Jonathan Gannon's a plug and play guy. Okay? But you see, the defense is being constructed by Coach Roseman. And Coach Roseman, you know, he goes out in the open market. I'll get this guy. I'll get that guy. I'll get this guy. He's got the people in Philadelphia and in the country thinking he signed great players. In reality, he has. 
but he assigned players to what maybe they don't do. How do you know Bradbury plays in that scheme to the best of his ability? How do you know CJ? You're playing him now in nickel corner and in the slot. How do you know that's his strength? They played more of a 34 in New Orleans. This guy thinks because you can sign good players, you can plug and play them. Dude, you got to build a scheme for these guys. You got to build a boutique type defense for the players that you have on your team. Okay? (laughs) Coach Roseman. Okay, I want to go back one more time, and I'm going to address that, how I would play Reddick. I'll I'll tell you how I would play Reddick here in a minute. But I'm going to say one more thing about Fletcher Cox. If somebody is taking it personal that I think that Fletcher Cox should be benched because of his effort against the Lions, you're missing my point. Fletcher Cox should be benched because if you're going to play in Jonathan Gannon's system, he doesn't fit it. How about this? Let's do this. I had somebody say that Fletcher's still an all-pro defensive tackle. He's not. Maybe somewhere else he is. Maybe somewhere else he is. How's Jonathan Gannon and Fletcher Cox look together as his D coordinator over the last 19 games? Somebody give me a grade. In the last 19 games, you can't go back to the 4-11-1 team because That coaching staff wasn't here. Give me a grade on how well Fletcher has played in 19 ballgames under Jonathan Gannon's system. Tell me how you think he's played. What grade? We all get grades on Monday when we go in and watch the film. What would be a grade in 19 ballgames that you would give a guy making $14.4 million? He's either your first or second highest paid guy on your defense. Let's take a look at some of the grades. Um, D, C, D, F, C minus, C minus, D minus. The reason I asked you for this, D minus. And he's off the field taking breathers and third downs after the game. C plus, C. You guys are all right. You're in the room. If you guys can see this, the coaches surely know this. Why are they playing him? No coach in his right mind would sit there and bring back a guy who doesn't fit a system. Here's Zach. Love you, Zach. That's why you're a good Eagle fan. A plus, he thinks he's played in 19 ball games. You'll always catch them. They're all over the place. I love it, though. Not a rip, Zach. You're a good Eagle fan. That guy, in my opinion, C. C players don't get $14.4 million. Okay? They don't make that. You know what C players make? Two. One five. League minimum. Not 14.4. They brought the guy back, and if they were going to bring him back, there needed to be more of a haircut. And because he's Fletcher, I may have given him five. 
14? Almost $15 million? Hell, the franchise tag is 16-7. He was scheduled to make 18-8. I mean, that's a poor move by Howie. It's a poor move. They should have tried moving him, actually. Milton Williams could give you the same effort and same results. And he's not making you deeper. He's... This is a 19-game conversation, not a one-game lion deal. Start Davis, dude needs to get off the White Castles. There is no excuse for a fat guy to not be playing more reps. You're the 13th player taken. Act like it. Act like it. I'll tell you something about your two draft choices that were completely hyped up. One guy's fat and the other guy can't get on the field. Don't talk to me about impact. Okay? Jordan, now, when I say that to you, do I think those guys don't have talent? That's not what I'm saying. One guy can't get on the field in the Kobe Dean, three reps, and the other guy's too fat to stay on the field. That's a problem. That's a you problem. That's an immature player. That's a guy... Who thinks he's still at Georgia? Son, you have been drafted in the first round by the Eagles. You have a chance to do something special with your career. Act like it. And if you had any D coordinator with any kind of chutzpah, he'd be in his ass. You need to run after practice more, son. Too many time clock punchers here. Let's go. And again, I want to make sure that I roll back and I say one thing to you. Do you, wanna, do you wanna have a conversation today about being good or being spectacular? You'll figure it out. The attitude with, eh, it's the Lions, we're on to the Minnesota Vikings game. It's not gonna cut it. You think that's how great coaches act? You think that's how elite players act? You're only as good as the last play you played, last quarter you played, last game you played. Because that's all people remember you by. You see what happens with Eagle fans, some of you, you fall in love with what a guy did in 17. No one cares anymore. 2017, the parade's over, guys. You need to get the parade and the beer drinking's over. It's that's that stuff's long gone. Okay? got to move on from this and when i hear people giving excuses for jordan davis not being on the field i told you when you drafted him he wasn't very productive at georgia i looked at his numbers what do he have 38 tackles nine sacks and i said this to you watch this and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you again his athletic ability and his production is never equaled they have never equaled. You run a 478 at 334. You do all those great combine things, and you have nine sacks in almost 50 games. Come on, kid. Well, he played with great players at Georgia. Well, excuse me, but he's in the NFL now, and he's playing with some pretty good football players too now. You know, the Eagles. So that's no excuse. 
Okay? I mean, 20 plays, three reps. How many people thought that Nicobe Dean would be more of a factor in game one? And that he would almost be taking somebody's job. I know a lot of you did. Jordan Davis is the true third down lineman. Why was he fifth then in the rotation? Why was he fifth on Sunday? I'm not saying he's a bust, Stephen. Absolutely not. I am nowhere near that. I would never say that. But Jordan Davis being... Out of shape is no excuse for not playing. And by the way, so you drafted a guy who was a first and second down dude. That's not a first round draft choice. That's not a first round draft choice. Either Jonathan Gannon's not using him right, or Jordan Davis is on his way to being a common player. So you drafted a guy in the first round and you don't put on the field on third down? okay, congratulations to you. You got a run stopper, and you're not stopping the run. Gee, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? You got a run stopper on your team, and you got it crushed on first down. There was a back in Detroit that ran for 10 yards of carry. How's that working for you? And he can't play past 25 plays. Dude, time to start being a little critical here, Jordan Davis. I know that's your boy and all, and I know nobody wants to be critical like that. Screw that. Let's go, kid. He's fat. He's out of shape. They need more from him. 22 plays a game is not cutting it. And you've got to get better on third down. You can't be the fifth guy in the rotation on third and long. There's a problem one besides Redick, besides the shitty tackling. Besides the conditioning. Look at this all on defense. I haven't even brought up the offense because you know why? Jeff Stoutland will fix that in pass protection. He will. I have complete confidence in him that he will right the ship against Minnesota. You hear me not? I, I'm, you hear me even bringing up Jalen Hurts' name? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Haven't brought any... You don't have Jalen on the field, you don't win a ball game. You don't win. You do not win. What? Right? You haven't heard me really kind of hammer the O-line? Even though there were communication issues there too. Lack of reps. They'll fix that because you got the best coach in the, in the NFL there. That'll be rectified. I I completely have no issue. I know that Stoutland will fix that. I don't know about Shane Steichen. Is that his name? I don't know if he fixes it. (laughs) Shane Steichen. Is it Shane? Sean? Who is he? Oh, he's one of those. He's one of those nipple coaches. He's a first year guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure he's. Helping Jalen to the best of his ability. Yeah, because I'm sure he's a quarterback guru. Look at look at what Ken Dorsey did sitting behind Brian Dable. Ken Dorsey, who I love, and 
I, I thought we were going to try to get him as the offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. He goes, Dan, I want to ask you what, you what you should do. What should I do? I said, is Dable getting that job? He goes, he is. He's getting the Giants job. I said, well, you're going to be the OC then. I wouldn't leave it because you're earmarked then to become a new head football coach in the NFL where you could pick a college where you wanted to go. He's a national champion coach, and he's coaching Josh Allen. And he looked amazing against the Rams, the defending champions, and the OC's Ken Dorsey. I said, stay in Buffalo. Stay in Buffalo. He goes, this kid Allen makes me look great. There lies it all. Okay? Ken played the position, worked behind Brian Dable. Brian Dable's going to be 2-0 and after this week against Carolina. He's actually looking like a pretty good coach out of the gate. I'm not going to put my stamp on him yet, but it looks a lot different than that dumbass they had in their judge with all those Belichick failures. He looks pretty good. He's going to be 2-0. and There's a different vibe about that giant team now. I told Ken, you should stay. Mario wanted him. I said, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave. I'm going to tell you how I would, and the kind of scheme I would come up with. I haven't said this yet. And I'm going to tell you the kind of system that I would put so that I could get the most effectiveness out of pretty much everybody that's on that Eagle roster. Okay? And I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. Please hit the like button. Don't forget my friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. Means this, folks. If they don't get paid, you if you don't get paid, they don't get paid. They are going to do the best of their ability on defending you and your family, and they've done it for the last 30 years. Morgan & Morgan has collected over $13.5 billion for their clients. And like I said, they make nothing unless you get your fair compensation. I've been doing it for so long with over 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida. They're prepared to go to battle for you because this is what they've done. And they're the biggest firm in the country. 800-512-1600. It's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. 
born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. We appreciate it. I like the question that somebody asked me here. By the way, we got some topics that we're going to hit on. My friend, Pro Football Hall of Fame insider and voter, Jason Cole, will be with us at 530 Eastern time. So we'll talk to him about tonight's Chiefs and Chargers game and also, too, about the NFC East. So we'll get with him. That will be in hour number three here. Um, Somebody asked me a question. They go, Sills, how would you use all of this talent? What would be the best way for you to use all of these players? And show me a system that you would come up with. I think it's smart because what you're hearing now is you're hearing a lot of players and people bitching about what they saw and what they have seen for 19 games. It's fair to ask the question, okay, smartass, how would you fix it? I'm going to show you something here, and this is kind of what I've done. Hopefully, you guys can see this. And hopefully, I can put it up here to this extent here. This is called the 50 look. You put a guy on the nose, which I would think would be Jordan Davis, and you tilt him. See him here? This is a little bit of the old Steeler defense. And what the Steelers did with me, Joe Green, I would cover the two guards 
then I would have Redick as one of these guys. But Redick would always be on the weak side. He would always be on the weak side of the defense. I would have the sidelines helping him. He'd be on the short side of the field, less coverage area. You don't want him in a wide side of the field. Why? Because they'll just run screens over him. He'll rush up, back out of the backfield. Where's your secondary help? Your linebackers here? You got linebackers here? Right here. See these two? These backers are going to have to be active. They're going to be have to be more in this gap and over here and more in this gap. But you see what Gannon does is he believes his linebackers are more important than the D-line. This defensive front here will control first down, which you struggle on for 19 games. When you have a front like this, you stop that first down. If you believe in your corners, by the way, to play a defense like this, you have to have exceptional corners. And you guys have been telling me that Bradbury and Slay are the best corners in the NFC East. Well, let's put that to the test. Gannon doesn't want to do that. He's afraid of that. His biggest fear, his biggest fear is big plays. Explosion plays. Plus 25 is what we used to call them. That's his biggest fears. He doesn't want to give the big play up. Hence the mentality, let's keep everything underneath. You're not going to beat a team like Minnesota with that mentality. Keep everything underneath. You thought those windows were wide open against the Packers? You wait until you see how big those windows are going to be up with five new guys playing on a defense that haven't gotten the quality reps they need yet. Here, and let me let me let me say this to you too. The Eagle defense will probably be better by week nine than they are now. Because they would have played together. Right now, they're not. It looks like a bunch of dudes, and I'm not gonna say and I'm not gonna compare it. What year was that dream team? What year was that dream team? Because that's kind of what it looks like to me. Bunch of dudes that are put on a field and a lot of guys who don't know what they're doing. By the way, I see people going like this. It wasn't Jordan Davis's fault. That's not what I'm saying. I didn't say he wasn't good. I'm saying he's fat and he's out of shape. They need more than 22 reps from him. Nobody's saying, by the way, I haven't said anybody on that defense is bad. How can you tell? I have said nobody's bad except Fletcher. He's out of gas. 19 ball games has made me come to the conclusion he's not a 14-4 guy. And if you come to any other conclusion... You're a homer, and you really like the guy, and I get it. It's all good, man. Okay? Okay? <laughs> Look at this idiot up here. I never freaking said he was bad, jackass. He's not out of shape, really. Every human being on the planet is saying that but you. End of story, guy. Last comment you get for a day. You're in the corner with the dunce hat. 
Now, exactly what I saw. Williams and Marlon T had more impact. Davis had one tackle, and they scored right over him in the goal line. You know, watch this. Fletcher wasn't bad. I don't want to ever hear that with a $14.4 million guy telling me Fletcher wasn't bad. <laughs> Fletcher wasn't bad. You got to play Reddick into the into the um, sideline. You got to cover his weaknesses. Okay? You can't put him in wide open space. That's what offenses are going to try to do when he's on the field. Because Gannon's not moving him around enough. When you're one, when you're a one-trick pony like Hassan Reddick is, you've got to move him around multiple. Okay? Multiple ways of moving him around to hide his deficiencies. Okay? Absolutely one above all. Hartgrave gets, hey, Hartgrave two at his 12-7, he ain't getting a pass. He sucked out loud too. But again, this goes back to Gannon's system. They're asking him the two-gap. The two guys are not committed. They're not committed to the defensive scheme that Gannon has. Isn't it evident? How could you not come away with 20 aims and you look at your defensive front for 20 freaking games. Nobody is committed to that style of play. No one. No one's committed. When you're a two-gap slug and he's telling you to keep people off the backers, why in the world? Get this. Think about that. You got $30 million almost involved in two players up front, and you're asking them to do minimal work and the linebacking core, which is better, but not your strength, to be the heart and center of the defense. You're never going to win that way. And you're going to struggle on first down. That's where you're going to go. Okay? Let them get after the freaking quarterback. He's not a penetrating defensive coordinator. A system that I'm giving you here, this is like Buddy's 46. Okay? This is like Buddy. Here. This is like Buddy's 46. This defensive scheme here. This is aggressive. Jonathan Gannon has... Here, I'll show you what Gannon does. Here's Gannon's defense. Look what it is. Here's Jonathan Gannon's defense. So all of you can get a good sense of how it looks to a quarterback. Your tackles, your ends, your backers, and it's umbrella. See this zone area here? This is where quarterbacks for 19 games have been killing the Eagle defense. It's a trend now. And when you give up first and second down with two tackles that are not committed, 
to play in run-stopping defense. You get gassed, then you're third and short, and that umbrella and those windows are even bigger. Third and three? Hey, you got more of your playbook open when you're on offense. When you're third and 10, this is smaller. You could cheat more. Because the quarterback is going to do what Brady does. Hit the slot, go to the scene, or a running back. Your percentage is a plus 25. This guy is afraid of shit, man. He is totally afraid of shit. He's more afraid of the plus 25 instead of the 14-play drive. Gannon says this to you. If you want to go 12 plays and score on us, have at it. I'm not giving up the big play strike. So then you have this big opening gaping hole here. That's Gannon's. This is Gannon's alignment. It, it, watch it on film. And you got players that are still, get this. And when you play a defense like this, I'm going to show you this too. This guy here, this guy here, this guy here, this guy here. The X's are new players in the defense. That's where the Vikings are going to attack. You see those X's? They're going to attack those new guys. Look how many places you can go to. Two guys on the right side, middle of the field, one of the corners. And it's not because they're bad. It's because they're new. It's, listen, I've been around some of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. And I've talked to the Monty Kiffins, the Jim Johnsons, the Buddy Ryans. I've talked, Buddy came down and taught Jerome and I how to play the 46. What do you think we played at Miami with Jerome Brown? It was a version of the 46. I played that defense. I had 100 tackles in that system in one year. I know what it's capable of doing. But again, the look, and I'll say this to you, and to people today, the league is different. It's harder to play defense today. I'm not going to get away from that comment, okay? <laughs> Brian's like, Sills, your paperwork ain't cutting it, man. <laughs> uh, Grumble says, aggressive D is more fun to watch and probably better move 70% of the time. But I have no problem with big play, 12 play time, sucking D with a 17 point lead. Okay. So you had a 17 point lead. You, you, had a th you were up 31 17, and then you allowed the defense to come rolling back. How'd that work out for you? Okay. Big Sills, it's the new generation. Now, I, listen, I think it's the way defense is being played today, okay? Big Sills, get a whiteboard and break down plays and shit like this more. 
Joshua says, Jimmy Johnson's 43 is legendary. Yeah, and you know what we used to do, Joshua? Jerome and I would go in a three and a one. And what we would do is if we were on the one technique, we would shade it. And we would get penetration. Jimmy's, Jimmy's 43 is a penetrating 46 type. We just didn't drop a guy on a true bare front to put a guy on the nose. But sometimes we would line up on the nose to give the old line a different look. It's like a chess game out there. Sometimes we would run around a block, run in front of a block, line up on the nose, shade them, tilt them. There needs to be more creativity with your tackles too. Those guys don't move around enough. And I wonder if that's on the coaches telling them not to. They don't. I don't see a lot of freelancing in there. Dude, you know what happens when you – here, let me show you this, and I'm going to take a time out here in a second. But let me show you what happens. Do you know what Jerome used to do in Philly? Drove guys crazy. Guy like Crawford Kerr or Mike Munchak told me what Jerome would do. So Jerome would line up in that Buddy Ryan bear defense. You know what he would do? He would just run around the block sometimes. No technique. And Buddy let him do it. Why? Because when you're an old lineman and you're sitting here and you're properly playing technique and your your idea is to get front side so that you can hook, slip, and scoop to get up to the backers and into the secondary like you see Jason Kelsey do. Master at it. You know what Jerome would do? This guy would be here, and he would go dart. Jerome would let him do it. He'd come around the backside, make a play on him, and he's in the – how many times did you see Jerome Brown back in the day in the backfield making plays? It's because he ran around the block. The next time you get in line and you're the guard, Jesus, you don't think he's going to run behind me again. You now have slowed that thinking process of the guard up because then the guard's going to go, man, this crazy-ass guy could run behind the block again. I can't have him making TFLs. Worst thing to do to an O-line is what? What you saw on Sunday, what the D coordinator was doing, blitzing every down and having penetration. This thing is a chess game. This thing is a chess game. Okay? It's a chess game. Some topics I got here. Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Phils. Thanks so much for coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Dentity. We need big play to have a monster game. You do. You do. He's going to be lined up a lot on Justin Jefferson for sure. He totally is. I got some topics here. I'm going to get to that here in a second. Coach Roseman's going around making the rounds, making sure that everybody understands that he's not part of the game plan on offense or defense. Nice job by Bob Lang and the media in Philly. Jesus, criminy. Can it be any more blatant that you're trying to control the narrative? How crazy is that? You make others that cover the team look pathetic when you do that. Your defensive coordinator let the cat out of the bag. And so what did they try to do like the White House does? Try covering things up, sending you in a different direction, and start spreading, you know, breadcrumbs somewhere else for you to read. It's actually pathetic. Let the thing play out. People in Philadelphia and around the league know when they see bullshit artists. You can't fool those folks. They've been watching too much football. They're too passionate. Every single one of you guys that are here with me, some of you disagree, some of you agree. Okay? Some of you agree. Damn, I just got a text message from Warren Sapp. Look what he just said. Sapp just said he made me. He's talking about Tony Dungy, who was on with us earlier. And you know what he said? Tony Dungy said this to Sap today. 
Cilio should have been coached by me. He'd have had a gold jacket. He said he made me. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Jordan Davis. I failed because of stupidity. Okay? Don't be that guy. Ah, dang it. Xander said one of the most obnoxious things, but true things to me. Sills, God knows where you'd be. Take it from where I'm coming from. I don't come from an all pros angle. I come from a guy where I see when a guy's letting something slip through his fingertips. I don't come. That's why when someone goes, Sulio, you played in the Arena League. You played in the Canadian League. You played in the World League. You played in the NFL. Yeah, I had to because I had love for the game. I loved the game. But I got exiled. My own stupidity. That's where I come from. Understand that's what where we're doing. And, and again, this all comes back to this. Do you want to have conversation on being good or being great? Because if you want to have a conversation about being good, I'm going to tell some of you guys, you're not going to like the show. You're going to think I'm a hater. You're going to think that there's certain things in here that's just not your cup of tea. If you're a football person and you listen to some of the things that I say to you from my personal experience of being around coaches, having had the mic on both sides in front of me and behind it, then you'll understand. You don't have to listen to everything, but what I'm saying is I come from a place of being around a lot of great people. Okay? That's where we're coming from. I'm seeing a shootout, honestly, another knee scraper, 37-32 Eagles. I don't know the Vikings are going to give that amount of points up. But I do think the Vikings are going to score an awful lot of points. Jacob, not always. Jacob, it's something that I've learned as I've gotten older to be accountable for my own actions and not blame others. If I wish I had known, my daughter knows that and knew that at 16. And I'm so proud of her for knowing that. By far 10 times more mature than I ever was. Okay. (laughs) Here. Sap sent this to me. And you're going to, you're not, you're going to look at this. Look what that says there. Depressed Cilio skips workout. I think that's all you need to know. See? Front page. You don't cover a stiff by saying a guy misses workouts. All right. Hit the like button. I appreciate it. Okay? Thank you so much for coming aboard. Okay? I appreciate it here. You guys are awesome. (laughs) I'm leaving that between us, bro. (laughs) That's us, man. Me, 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 you, Xander. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. But hey, but see, Lane is Lane. <laughs> he's a he's a first team all pro, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Paul goes, thanks for being honest about your life story. You know what, Paul? I sometimes, man, I'm too honest. My aunt is gonna ring me a new one because she hates that story and she hates all that, and she knows it's a horrible time in my life. But I, I'm, I, you know, ah, let's, let's move on. Okay. Sap, Sap goes, is this you? And he goes, I go, where'd you get that from? He goes, Tony Dungy had it. I go, Tungy had coach Dungy had that article on me. He's like, yeah. And I went, he told Sap, I, I, I wish I coached him. I wish I coached him. Sap goes, he made me. I was you, Celio. I think it's got something to do with the water and the you. <laughs> hey, real quick, before I get into these topics, this is a topic here for Xander. And this is one of the coolest statistics I have ever heard in my life. Alabama Crimson Tide had 58 players on the active roster in week one. Well, I know where I'm recruiting. <laughs> hey, no wonder Howie likes them Bama guys. Good move, Howie. I start there. I'll work into the SEC. And you know what I mean? Guess who was second, though? Coach Ogeron, 52, LSU. And they fired that guy. Coach O had the second most amount of players on NFL rosters, 52. Alabama's 58, and you fired that guy. I can't wait to see Brian Kelly and what he does there at Baton Rouge. You know, he's from Vermont now. He's getting a little thing now, you know, going on stripper poles. He's a southerner now. He, he eats chitlins and he eats greens, biscuits and gravy, baby. <laughs> he, uh, waffles. And chicken. That's what I am now. <laughs> You're looking at Brian Kelly going, I'm not playing for that stiff. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, buddy. I'm going to have chicken and waffles. No, you ain't. You never ate at Roscoe's in your life. Don't you? My wife and I have eaten at Roscoe's. Okay? I, I guarantee you, Brian Kelly would never step foot in Compton to go get them waffles and chicken. We walked right up and go, hey, man, waffles and chicken, let's go. Can't wait. All right. It's going to be a big game. Okay, identity. Hey, Dentity, I'm starting to like you. You know what, Dentity, I want to tell you something before I move on. You ready for this? I'm one of those kind of guys. I'm one of those kind of guys like this. You can't stand at first, man. But, you know, it's kind of like on my wife. My wife and I have been together 33 years. She says it all the time. I don't know how I did this. This is ridiculous. I'm with a guy I hate. <laughs> I'm with a guy I hate. Xander goes, Jesus, this guy drives me nuts, man. But, boy, I'll tell you, he's a really good – he's really good at what he does. <laughs> all right. 
Who would you draft right now for your fantasy team or who would you want on your football team? Who has a better season by the end of the year? A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson? Who would you want? React! Sound like Guy P. <laughs> yeah. Who would you want? Who would you take? A.J. Brown. Oh, look at Nick. Nick. I know you're smiling, Nick. They love to hate yourselves. Oh, I got a topic for that all around. J.J. That's not a question. Jefferson. Okay. Depends on the quarterback. No, don't go there. AJ, Jefferson, AJ, AJ, AJ. East Cannon for life. That's tough. Jefferson has a better quarterback. Man, AJ. <laughs> We're smiling, huh? Come on, man. But I thought Cousins sucked. I thought Cousins sucked. You guys have been telling me for six months. Kirk Cousins sucks. I thought the better quarterback is in Philly. Are you trying to tell me the better quarterback is in Minnesota? Can't be. Now, this could be leading the... Hey, this could be leading the witness. <laughs> I could be, I could be accused of leading the witness here, Your Honor. Okay, I could be accused of leading the witness here. Okay, <laughs> you all got played. Wait a minute. It, I, 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 okay, maybe. <laughs> I'll take Minshew. Nice. Cousin sucks. In big prime time. I don't know, man. That game last week against Green Bay. I know it wasn't prime time. <laughs> Sills is trapping you all. Wait a minute. I'm, it's, wait, Your Honor? I take the fifth. <laughs> I sound like Steve Bannon. Your Honor, I take the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Hang on here. You guys told me Cousin sucks. Cousin sucks. Never says cousin sucks. Washington failed to invest in him. Not sure what Zimmer's issue was with cousins. Oh, those guys who like to run the ball and defensive guys hate quarterbacks. Look at Ron. Six of the last 10 seasons, 4K. Oh, okay. I Really, I didn't know that. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. AJ, AJ. You guys would take A.J. Brown over Justin Jefferson? I know you don't mean that. I know you don't mean that. I know you don't mean that. You do not mean that. He's the fastest receiver to 3,000 yards, and he got out to his third year with 188 and two touchdowns against the Packers. Okay? Yeah, but A.J. had 155. That wasn't the Packers. That <laughs> was the Lions. <laughs> Come on, man. 
And that was almost like a career game for him. He don't put up gigantic numbers. A.J. Brown doesn't put up big numbers, man. (laughs) Come on, Paul. Both sides of the coin. Look at Michael. Michael, you must be like friends with the mayor of Philly. He likes flipping coins with two sides of heads too, man. Never wrong. (laughs) That's what politicians nowadays flip. They flip coins with two heads on them because they're never wrong in anything they do. Hey, the economic budget thing, (laughs) I'm not wrong. Why are my eggs up 89%? (laughs) Cry me a river. Man, I got to tell you, I got to take Jefferson, man. I think this kid's the best. I really do. I think he is absolutely the best football player at that position now. I think he's better than Devontae Adams. He's a good-looking football player, man. Boy. Oh, hey, hey. Hey, by the way, man. Hey, Howie. Shit. Really? You must not have had those brilliant evaluator glasses on. Kirk Cousins does suck. He's another Tony Romo. Puts up big numbers, but nothing in the clutch. Jay, you're not wrong. Jay, you're not wrong because you know why? I can't come to the conclusion where I could defend that and debate that because you're right. Okay? Are you an Eagle fan? James James says. No, I'm an Eagle fan. Fan. I'm becoming more, and I cover the Eagles. What do you want me to lie and say that I'm, I'm a fan of the Eagles? I'm a fan of their fan base. I fell in love with their fan base. Whatever that means to you. Okay? Whatever that means. Okay? I love the fans they have. I think you guys are a riot. I think it's fun. You got people like Identity giving me shit right out of the gate, hanging in there with me now, going, I don't know, there's something about this old guy. <laughs> Eagles fan base is unmatched. You know what? And I'm going to say this to you too, fairly. Patriots have a good one. Steelers, Packers. Um, Chiefs. That's Seattle crowd. They were pretty damn good, man, up there with Geno. Go Gino. They were pretty good. Bills. Bills Mafia. Okay. Philly's a phenomenal football city. You know the only thing, though? They never really had. Too bad you guys never really had a great college football program. It's a shame. Because I think Philly would enjoy it. But it's a pro town. You know what I mean? And you Penn back in the day was great when Concrete played there, but you know Temple's Temple was great back in those days too. But not you know you know what I mean. I love how you take it to Howie. You meet Coach Roseman. Dude, when I first started watching you, I hated you, but now I don't miss the show. Love you, Sills. <laughs> hey Jeremiah, I know we have a we have a love hate relationship. I get it. I get it. Does Penn State count? Who? Don't bring Penn State up. That's a sore point with me, okay? Please. Please. That explains me. I doubt it. (laughs) 
Uh, hey, hey, James, nothing explains big cells. And if you try to figure me out, you won't. Because I could be a different dude tomorrow, but never a jack wagon. Okay? Seals, who you got, Miami or AM? <laughs> who you think? I'm not the team that lost the Appalachians. By the way, that Appalachian State team, they almost beat UNC the week before. They're good, man. I love that program, Appalachian State. I really do. Okay? Yo, Sills. I get you a second chance at life, guy. I get you, bro. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. Made a ton of mistakes. <laughs> made, a ton of, made a ton of good ones, though, too. Made, made a ton of them. I love how you don't have filter for your mouth. Brian. God, that's the worst thing I do, though, man. Oh, my God. My passion's my greatest asset and my worst. Oh, some of the things I've said. Oh, now you can see where Big Sills can say something and not mean it and just says it, you know? I mean, oh, yes, no filter. Sometimes that's not a good thing. Most of the time, I think it is a good thing, though. Sills, random question. You ever met Scott Steiner? I sure did, man. Absolutely great human. Really liked him. I know a lot of those wrestlers. Okay. Jeremiah goes, I started watching your show because I seen you play at Miami. Thought you had talent to be great. See, Jeremiah, that's a Philly guy right there. Hey, dude, you could have been one of, hey, you could have been a contender. Cilio, you could have been a contender. That's what Jeremiah is saying to me. You could have been a contender. All right. Now I have to get over to Jalen Hurts. Listen to this statistic. I can't believe it, what I'm going to say. Look at Justin. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look at Joseph. Joseph has been waiting in the wings because he's been waiting for what? An hour and 26 minutes. Here we go. Hey, Big Sills, would you have been a good? Oh, my God. I would have loved him. But, but, hey, but Buddy threw me out of the, threw me out of the locker room because Jerome played bad on Monday night against the Giants. It's the only reason I wasn't an Eagle. I swear on my kid. They brought me in. I was going to be an eagle. He was so mad at Jerome for shitting the bed on Monday night against the Giants. He goes, you think I want another one of you around here? I know who he is, and I know who you are. You know I know who you are. I'm going, oh. this was, dude, this was in the middle of the season. I had just been released by the Bucks, And, and, Buddy, they fly me in. They work me out. I stayed in Philly for a week. Finally, I get a chance to meet Buddy. You think I want another one of you? Around? This is in the locker room at the vet. Hey, go, 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 go say hi to him, Dan. Go say hi to him. Go say hi. The whole entire personnel staff pushed me towards the locker. They were all going out to practice. Hey, coach, how you doing, Dan? So he goes, I know who you are. 
Jerome's standing right next to me, and he goes, yeah, you're just like this son of a bitch. I went, okay. And he goes like this, you what, you think I want another one of him around here? I don't think so. That guy's fat mouth, the way he played on Monday night, you think I want another one of you around here? Get the hell out of here. I looked at the personnel guys, and I'm sitting here, and I got a paycheck from the Eagles. And I'm going like this, what the hell was that? Like, you know what? I got to tell you, I think that was one of the reasons why I signed with the Cowboys. <laughs> Coach Landry then brought me in. I think that's one of the reasons I signed in November with the uh, Cowboys, because what he did, I was so pissed, man. Oh. Hey, man. Buddy was a jackass to me, man. And Norman Brayman called me and goes, what happened? Norman Brayman loved me and Jerome, man. He still lives in Miami. I, I stay in touch with him. I don't tell him what one of you, a lot of you guys are saying about him, though. I don't say any of that, man. I don't think too many Eagle fans like Norman Brayman. I, I do not think many of you like the guy. But he was a great judge of character. Shut up, Joseph. <laughs> uh, shut up, man. Okay. Here we go. Jalen Hurts. No, wait a minute. I need more time. I, I need more time for this. This is the topic of the year on your boy Jalen. I'm going to tell you what it is. After the timeout, big sales here for Morgan and Morgan. Where the fee is free, they do not get paid unless you do. For the past 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion for their clients, making sure that they defend them to the best of their ability. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. With their 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida. For the people is not a slogan. It is who they are. Defending you and your family to the best of their ability. They're not going to be intimidated. No case is too small. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sale sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. 
Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters. Size matters. Morgan & Morgan. For the people. .com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Please hit the like button. What would you guys think about bringing Brian Flores in as a defensive coordinator for the Eagles in the offseason? Look at the Dolphins' defense. Steelers won the opening game against the Bengals. The influence of having Brian Flores on that defense, they looked awful good. I know T.J. Watt's out for a couple weeks now, but they looked aggressive. 
I mean, they looked really aggressive. Guy like Brian Flores, would that stuff bug you? I don't think he's done anything egregious. Look at what the Dolphins have done. They were doing shady shit with Brady. Dude, if it's okay for Brady to play and no one have a problem with Tom Brady, you know what Brady did, basically? Wasn't it breach of contract? Brady was under contract with the Buccaneers. And he was talking to the Dolphins about being a 5% owner coming down and playing while he was under contract with the Glazers and the Bucks. That's breach of contract. Brian Flores was saying that the owner of the Dolphins was having him potentially throw ball games and he's being offered money. Who do you believe? I believe Brian Flores. The actions of Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, I don't know. He tried to get Sean Watson as well. I mean, why would I give Stephen Ross the pass and not give Brian Flores the pass? Would that be too much for Philly? Hey, by the way, there's a two-part answer here. Would that be too much for Howie to bring in a strong personality like a Brian Flores as a D coordinator? Flores didn't lie. I agree. I love Brian Flores. I talked to two coaches that are on that staff that are personal friends of mine, Carl Dunbar and Alfredo Roberts. Alfredo's a tight end coach. He played with me at Miami. And Carl Dunbar played with me in the World League. He's an old LSU guy. He's the D-line coach. They love him. And get this, when he's in staff meetings and they're all around the D coordinator and and Mike Tomlin, that's his forte, his defense, they always ask Brian Flores' opinion on what he thinks on the game plan for that respected week. Why wouldn't you? This guy was in New England for 17 years and he owns six Super Bowl rings. That guy has six Super Bowl rings. Why in the world wouldn't you listen to him? And he's on the defensive coaching staff. There's no question. Of all the coaches that have come off the Belichick coaching tree, Bill O'Brien and Brian Flores are probably his best guys. Yet to be determined in the second stint here with Josh McDaniel if he's good in Vegas. Right? Yet to be determined. The Charlie Weisses, the Romeo Cornells, even though Romeo was more of a Parcells guy than he was a Belichick guy. Still, those guys are stiffs. Look at Judge. Turned out to be a donut. Everybody keeps throwing Vic Fangio. I think he's a fine... Hey, Dom Capers, too, who's also a special assistant in Denver. That guy had a lot of great defenses in Green Bay. He was up there for like 11 years as D coordinator. Don Capers did a great job up there, man. They were number one a few times with him. I think Don Capers was also the head coach that took Carolina to the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, with like Jake DeLome or somebody. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm thinking the wrong. I think Don was maybe the coordinator on that team. Okay. Schwartz is also a special assistant. I don't think they'd roll back on that one, though. Anybody but Gannon, Brian says. Or Jonathan Gannon. 
Would that be too much? Too much drama for, like, the Eagles? Shit, you brought Vic in. I mean, if you could bring Vic in, you could bring Brian Flores in. I think he's a heck of a coach. Would be a great, aggressive D coordinator. He, he is an aggressive coordinator. He is. All right. So, I, I actually love it. Oh, I have a Carson Wentz topic, too. We're good. Don't worry. How you doing? Here we go. Where's that topic page on Hertz? <laughs> oh, man. Here it is. Dick LeBeau, I'd be all right with that, too. Hurts for MVP. He started the season at plus 4,000. Al? Plus 1,600. Wow. Over the Lions game. Hertz couldn't win an MVP in a flag football game. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, it's MVP. Boyce, stop it. Sills. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yes, Canapa. Come on, Sills. He's no MVP. Wait a minute. The odds makers have made it, I don't know. Hurts top three for MVP. Mark it down, says Cody. Nick, MVP. Pee-wee MVP. Jalen for MVP. Look at this. If if AJ Brown had a quarterback that was worth the shit, he'd have had 500 yards catch. <laughs> okay, that's clickbait. I'm sorry. Come on, man. This guy will never get. Russell Wilson has never got a vote for a most valuable player award, but you guys think Jalen Hurts will be an MVP? How about this? Does he finish in the top five at the end of the year? Yes or no? God, this is a dumb question. (laughs) This might be the dumbest question. He wasn't even the best quarterback in the NFC East this weekend. Possibly. No way. He wasn't the best quarterback in the NFC East this past weekend. Negative. Hey, hey, wait a minute. The league is funny. Top 32. <laughs> if Hurts gets the MVP, does he get a contract extension? Really? No. <laughs> and I'm Jay-Z. <laughs> wait a minute here. So what does that make Carson Wentz then? Here, let me look at this. Where is that? Carson Wentz. 
Where is Carson Wentz? <laughs> Here it is. Carson Wentz, week one, 313, four touchdowns, 101.1 quarterback rating. He won week one. He won week one. Between Hertz and Wentz, Wentz won, right? Carson Wentz had a better weekend. Yes or no? Carson had a better weekend. Got the new kid from Penn State involved. The kid Antonio Gibson played well. I watched that game again yesterday. They looked pretty good. Wentz played the Jags. You played the Lions. <laughs> you can't quite use that. The team won three games last year or something. I don't know. Didn't they get the number one overall pick? I forget. The Lions. Oh, no, that was the Jags and then the Lions. <laughs> ah, so wait a minute here. Wait a minute. The Jags had the first pick. The Lions had the second pick, right? Second or third. One of the, I mean, it's not like we're talking about you. Hey, well, we played the Lions. Oh, they're better. Well, I know they're better. Yeah, okay. Lions are better, right, Nick? Okay. Wentz turned it over twice. Yeah, because he's a passer. Commanders are underdogs against the Lions. By the way, you'll be underdogs by game time versus the Vikings. Watch when I tell you. Watch where the money moves. It's already moving. I say by game time, you'll be an underdog to the Vikings. You'll be an underdog. Right now, it's two, I believe. I think it's two. You'll be an underdog. Okay? The money's going to move on Minnesota. Wentz. Well, he's got to be an MVP candidate too then. You're two and a half? He won't be by game time. Okay? You won't be. I could see most improved player. Carson Wentz? Wow. Oh, man. That game is pick em. What could be that? Pick em and you're a home at Link? Screw Ginger Jesus. Man, why, why, why the hatred for Commander Wentz? Come on now, man. Show a little respect for Commander Wentz. He left a piece of his body on the field and... The Coliseum for you in L.A. Come on, man. That's one of Xander's boys. <laughs> Him and McNabb. <laughs> Two of Xander's favorite quarterbacks, McNabb and Wentz. <laughs> oh, man. Sills is, hey, just so you know, Xander's more of a Foles kind of guy, you know? Did he win the chip? Yes. Okay, he's my guy. <laughs> what about McNabb? Nah. <laughs> what about Wentz? Absolutely not. <laughs> Show respect for Jesus. Wentz is crying. I love McNabb. I know, man. He's petty, though. He's Nick, he's petty. That's what stopped him from his success. His pettiness. Well, T.O., you know, Deshaun Jackson, you know, 
Okay. <laughs> Sills. I'm going to tell you why I don't like this guy, McNabb. Anybody who yaks on his shoes in the toilet before a Super Bowl, I'm out. <laughs> so, would you throw up on yourself? Okay. Holy hell! It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> uh, hating on T.O. too. Reel him in. Look, Brady would never have hated on T.O. Okay? Sills, Wentz is not a leader. Jalen's Jalen is a coach's son. Jalen's more of a leader. He is. He's more of a thinker on the field than Wentz is. Wentz is more talented, though. He just... Boy, if you could combine those two, um, you'd have Josh Allen. If you could combine Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts... You would have Josh Allen. That's who you would have if you could put those two guys together. Isn't that crazy? You got two but by the way, if you think about it, how he how he envisions jo, Josh Allen. That's the kind of quarterback he wants. Because the last two quarterbacks that played in Philly, if you put them together, they're him. Right? They're the same guy. Only difference is in Buffalo, okay, in Buffalo, they got it in one dude. And that dude is, it's going to be him and Lamar Jackson fighting it out for the MVP. Ah, Paul, people make mistakes. You know, thank God he didn't hurt anybody. But, Josh Allen looked like 2017 Carson Wentz. Absolutely. I think Josh Allen, though, man, has a better gun than him. I do. He sticks that bitch in there, too, doesn't he, man? I love watching him play. I do. Josh Allen is a quarterback everyone wants. <clears throat> yeah, but one thing, Rage, the thing with Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts is on pace for 237 carries. That ain't gonna work. He won't make he won't finish the year. No one's rooting for that. But when you have 239 carries for your quarterback, most running backs in the NFL won't have that number. I mean, the kid in Detroit might have 250 carries. He had 17. So wait a minute, let me figure this out. Swift, the running back in Detroit who went for 144, had as many carries as Jalen Hurts. That can't go down. That's not kosher. You're going to get that guy killed. By the way, if you go over to my Twitter page, I tweeted at NFL officiating. And just so you know, I threw this out at them. And I said this, if you don't start officiating Jalen Hurts better, you're going to get that kid killed. That kid is taking hits. I've already seen this year four hits that I could question that you could have threw personal fouls on and you didn't. The Jets game, that was, that was the right thing to do. That Eagle game, do you know how close I think they came to pulling him out of that game for a concussion protocol? That would have been, an, and here's your biggest issue that you have also to think about, if that kid gets hit 
Jalen Hurts in a game where he gets yanked for concussion protocol, you put that out there as part of the dynamic on his availability. He may pass everything, but if you keep letting those officials, this is coaching too. Sirianni's got to go to that. If I were the Eagles and Howie Roseman, I would be sending letters to the NFL offices at Park Avenue. If my quarterback gets freaking hit like that again, we're going to have a problem with the opposing quarterback. Because I'm telling you, this is a thing that went on with Cam Newton, with Michael Vick, with all these mo- – Steve Young. He left the game because of concussions. They need to do a better job in how they legislate penalties against him. They have always struggled in this league at the proper way of calling fouls and penalties against mobile quarterbacks. Okay? You got to keep an eye on that. If you're Sirianni, I love Jordan Malata coming in there too, going like this. Hey, you can't be hitting my guy like that. Nobody in their right mind gets hit like that except our guy. And he's right. You know why, though? Here, and I'm going to compare something to you here. It's like when Shaquille O'Neal first came in the league. The whole hack-a-shack. The refs, for almost 70% of Shaquille O'Neal's career, didn't know how to call fouls on him. You, you had, Shaq was unstoppable. People were hacking him all the time. I mean, it, it, it was at times... Weren't there games during Shaq's prime you went, this is unwatchable? Because all he would do is get in the paint and it was over. They really never knew how to do him when it came to throwing fouls on him. And by the way, as a defensive guy, if I know that the refs in the game are giving latitude on hit and hurts, hey guys, I'm just going to tell you whether the defensive like a Greg Williams kind of D coordinator kind of guy, I'm going to hit Hurts every time I can. Especially if he starts running them RPOs. I'm going to kill that guy. Every time he comes down the line of scrimmage, I'm going to put a hat on him. I'm going to hit that kid. That's what they started doing to Tebow. Tebow, they started, you know, they're doing that RPO thing. You know what the defensive end was told? Even if he has the ball or not, hit him. They were blowing him up. They were blowing him up. He was getting annihilated. Dude, you were watching those Bronco games going, oh, man, this guy's getting killed. 85 goes, Dan, the refs hate Philly. It could be some of that, too. (laughs) Seals, are you you giving up on Gannon after one game? Mark. You mean 19 games. Mark, that's a that's a mistake to say that. Giving up on Gannon after one game. Why? You saw something glaringly different in the Lions game that you didn't see in last year's Carolina game or the Niner game of a year ago? What made you say one game instead of the 19 games that he's been lead on the Eagle defense? This is a 19-game conversation, my friend, not a Lions game. You got it wrong here. There's trends on your coordinator now. He plays everything underneath. 
He's not aggressive. He has no clue on presence and feel of game with blitzing. Middle of the game, he blitzes. <laughs> You're up 31-17. You get a bunch of three and outs. He stops. Lions find the underneath softness in the zone coverage because your DBs aren't working on the same page and your linebackers are not all working because they haven't been working together. That's the first time. You want to hear something crazy? The Lions game was the first time your defense has actually played a game as a unit. And you expect them to go out there and be gangrene? (laughs) Okay. That's a pretty tall ask. That's the first 60 minutes of football. In competitive football, all the guys were together on defense. And you thought they were going to show up and be a top five defense. I'm I'm not going to say that the Philly fan thought that because he couldn't think that because he's smarter than that. You guys are smarter than that. There's no way you would think that. Because if you did, you're an idiot. Five new people in your in your building. It's like five new sales reps on your floor. And you got a second year. You got a second year guy who's in charge of your department. <laughs> and you have influence from your boss telling you what to do instead of the department head leading the group. Sounds like things are going really well there. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> you're giving Gannon more time. What, another 19 games? Sean goes, oh, Jesus, without Gannon, we don't win. <laughs> yeah. oh, you mean without Jalen, you don't win. We just want them to be an average defense. Density, listen, no, you don't. No, you don't. You got, let's see. Let's see how much money you got in that side of the ball. Let's see, 14-4. You got 12. You got 27 million bucks into two DTs. You just gave Reddick 10 million. There's 37. Slay makes 12. There's 30. You got 40 million bucks already in four players. You you drafted a guy in the first round in that front seven, okay? The other guy's average has to be around seven, the other six. You got $107 million on that side of the ball, and you want them to be average? Really? That's not what you're paying for. Your return on investment is not happening. Your two DTs, you pay $30 million. How do you, hey, did you get a $30 million effort out of the Lions game? Boy, I would be in, I would be saying that too. If I was your D-line coach and I was your D coordinator, got to be better, man. Can't do this or changes will come. And I would be as honest as I could. If I was your D-line coach, I would be looking at those guys going like this. <laughs> hey, this ain't going to cut it. And we're in the NFL here. Nobody's on scholarship here. Just going to tell you flat out here, man. I will make changes. But see, he don't have that autonomy to make the changes how he does. Or Coach Roseman. 
Coach Roseman goes, no, 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 no. Those guys pay, play because the owner's paying them. And if the owner's paying them, you got to play them. That's the philosophy in Philly. If Lori's paying them, you're playing them. Welcome to the Eagles. Best guy doesn't play in Philly. Howie's draft choices and the highest salary plays. Because Fletcher Cox would not. You put another effort like that again, Huss, you're not playing. You're not playing. I'd love to see Buddy run that defense. Holy, have you guys ever heard Buddy Ryan speak to his players? Holy cow. I got to get Mike Singletary on. I've got to get, would you guys like to hear Mike Singletary talk about Buddy Ryan? I got to get Mike Singletary or Dan Hampton on or Richard Dent. Okay. I'll get one of them guys on and how Ryan spoke to them. Okay. Do you know what he used to tell Mike Singletary? He was arguably one of the top three middle linebackers in the history of the game. Okay. And, and, and Mike's a great friend. I love him. Mike goes like this, buddy first got to Chicago. Hey, 50, you suck. What are you doing? 50, 50. And Singletary goes, I got a name. He goes, no, you don't. You ain't earned it yet. Hey, 50, what are you doing, 50? Mike Singletary said, finally, he put his head down and he just went like this. I can't play for this guy. I can't play for this guy. I can't play for Buddy Ryan. I can't. Buddy Ryan comes up after a practice, puts his arm around the kid and goes, you're going to be one of the greatest middle linebackers to ever play in the National Football League. You're going to be one of the truly greats. Singletary's telling me this. And he goes, I'm floored, and I'm listening to this. And he goes, once you get your shit together, you're going to be legend. Walked away from him. And this goes back to a story that I tell you guys all the time. My coach is Jimmy Johnson. Silio, what are you doing? Get your head front side. What the F are you doing? Hey, run to the ball. Pursue the angles. Hit that guy. Finally, man, Jimmy comes over to me, starts screaming at me. Finally, man, I just stood up and I went, stop fucking hollering at me. Why are you hollering at me? Jimmy goes like this. Worry when I don't. I melted like butter in a pan. (laughs) Son, worry when I don't, and I'm not on your ass. Because when I'm not on your ass, it's over. It's over. Hit the like button. Hour three. Jason Cole will join us. We'll talk some NFL. Chiefs and Chargers tonight should be a great one. How are you watching it? Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show with your boy Big Sills, our boy Jason Cole, Pro Football NFL Hall of Fame voter. We'll be with you at the bottom of the hour from Fan Sided. We'll get his thoughts on the NFC East. Also, we'll talk a little bit about tonight's ball game with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Before I get back into the Eagles here, so wait a minute here. Justin Herbert needs 329 yards for 10,000 passing yards and two years and two games. Is that right? And some of you compared Jalen Hurts to Justin Herbert? <laughs> hey, um, please, if I could ask you, do not do that again. 
You want to see gunslingers tonight? You're going to see two quarterbacks that can spin the pill tonight. Well, that's if you can watch it. Amazon Prime, look at the NFL, man. It's good for our business. NFL is telling you where everything is going, streaming. Hollywood's telling you that, Netflix and all this stuff. Sports is going to be all over streaming soon. The networks are going to be, guess what? The networks who pay all the money now are going to be in a bidding war with places like Google, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, places like that. Going to change the game. Get ready. You ready for this? Pay per view Super Bowls. Watch this. I pay for. Hey, if I pay forty five bucks to watch Mike Tyson at fifty four fight Roy Jones, I'll spend a hundred bucks to watch the Super Bowl. And don't say you wouldn't. This is going to be another revenue stream for the NFL. The NFL is going. This is quite frankly the Thursday night is the beginning of pay-per-view Super Bowl. They're going to make that thing a pay-per-view event. That's what they're aiming at with this. This is a big deal. This is the precursor to that. You know, hey, you pay for the NFL ticket, you kind of bitch about it. What is it, like 380 or something like that? Wait till you have to pay for the Super Bowl. (laughs) Hey, hey, man. This is going to be, okay, hey, hey, East Canada goes, F that, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's the biggest viewed American sporting event every single year. Okay? It is. I guarantee you, man, they're aiming at making the Super Bowl a pay-per-view event. Why wouldn't they? You got it. Halftime then becomes more of a, of a theater event. Why do you think Jay-Z's involved with it? Dude, they got big things coming. The illegal streaming will be through the roof. Hey, watch this. Hey, Sean? Yeah, man, I've, you know, I've got a special way of how I'm watching the game tonight. <laughs> I got a special way how I'm watching the game tonight, man. Okay. 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah, whatever, man. Okay. Let's reset here. How you guys feeling? Okay, listen. Is it too much? Here, I'll go down the line of some of you on what you guys have been saying here. You think it's too much overreaction after the Lions game? See, I look at this different. I'm not looking at it from just a Lions game. I'm looking at it more on trends and how this whole thing has evaporated and evolved over last year and where we are today. Plus the exhibition season, I've kind of put it all in one pot. Okay? So I'm not just looking at it through the lens of the Lions game. I'm looking at it through everything here. Y'all said it was like a preseason game. 155 yards is in garbage. I'm not sure where you're, what and who said that I said that. I Okay. Now the Eagles must be better. Won a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Dude. Density. Perfect. Perfect. You're, so do I. 
Lions are a good team. Joe, you know, that may end up being true. Well, they're clearly better than a year ago. Picking goes, you know, the whole league is overreacting about their teams. Yo, that's why I don't think the, I'm not concerned about the Packers yet. You got a top guy who's a four-time MVP two times in a row now. I'm not concerned too much about the Packers. We'll see over these next couple weeks here. Joseph goes, I always knew Gannon was trash. You know why you knew it? You saw it in week one, didn't you, last year and how we played defense, and it, and it made you concerned. Even in the Atlanta game last year, I said the same thing in the Atlanta game last year. I'm like, man, that's not really bringing a lot of pressure. It's kind of like vanilla. I thought it was just his first game and what have you and such, and I was like, man, you know? I was like, you know? Packers have zero offense. I don't know about that. I think that guy is the quarterback and the reigning MVP. I think he's he's going to be all right. Said the same thing a couple of years ago to him, and he went like this. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> and he told you to relax, and then he went on to win 13 ball games. I can't wait to see Command- Commander Wentz this weekend. Woo-wee! Comeback player of the year. In the National Football League. Wait a minute. Come back from what? He played a year ago. <laughs> Wait a minute here. How could I think that he's a come? I thought was he injured a year ago? No, he was just fired a year ago. Oh, really? You know what? I just I just wait a minute. Carson Wentz, comeback player of the year. Yo, Forrest. He had 27 touchdowns and seven picks last year. Oh. Why did I feel like he played like he got injured? <laughs> oh, man. I guess I don't believe my own BS, do I? <laughs> Dan, who's a good candidate to coach the defense? Tom, uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores. I'll take Brian Flores all night, all day. Six Super Bowl championships. Turn the Dolphins around. Impact with the Steelers. Why wouldn't you want Brian Flores? Former head coach, unceremoniously fired. You got another voice in the room. You got another leader in the room. You got a guy in the room that players would buy into. Let me ask you something here, but here's the undermining point to this. If Brian Flores walks into a room and Nick Sirianni's in that room, the only person you have on your coaching staff that I would give a shit said anything to me, would be Jeff Stoutland. Yeah, Tracy, because I know Tracy, though, so that's a little unfair. Brian Flores says something. What do, you, what do you think, Coach? Should I play a three technique or should I play a head up? Should I shade it? You think I should cheat? You think I can cheat? Would you be okay with me cheating on the three technique? Or would you rather have me in a wide five? Do you want to tilt me on the nose? Hey, do you mind if we kind of go back from a zero to a one to a two? Can we play around in there? Can we have a little bit more latitude to move around? And he's that kind of guy. Because what he'll say to you is this. And here's the problem with your team. Fletcher and Hardgrave are pinned to positions. They're afraid to move around. Because why? 
You'd have to. You have to. Seth will tell you this all the time. You know what Jerome used to do in that gangrene defense? He'd look at Seth and go like this. Hey, Seth, I'm going to jump the gap here. And that would tell Seth, instead of lining up in his gap, he would line up more, and they were communicating. Nobody minds you doing something and, and gambling as long as you tell the rest of your team you're doing it. And you guys are all on the same page. This is what Seth would do. Jerome would go like this. I'm going to jump the gap. Seth would turn around to Wes Hopkins and go like this. Hey, watch out for the run. Jerome's going to hit the A-gap. So let's play more towards the shade on the one. And they were communicating all the way to the back line. You see any of that out there? How could you? Get five new guys back there. We don't even know what the hell they're doing. There's no possible way you're on the same page. None. That was the first 60 minutes of football they played all year. No way. Absolutely no way. Flores would have total control of the defense. Set beside Nick. Yeah, but then you got you to have Brian Flores in that room. And you got to have Coach Roseman in there too. Hey, Coach Roseman, how you doing? Who's Coach Roseman? The GM? Yeah, he's, you know, he wears dual hats. He's part of the offensive coordinator's role and also the D coordinator's role, and he's the GM. Oh, and by the way, he also goes out and shops for Starbucks for the whole staff before meetings every day. See what this guy does. He does everything. This guy's a master of everything. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's a master of everything, man. This is why this guy hurts his credibility as GM. Do you know what a great general manager Howie Roseman would be if he just shut his mouth and got out of the way and let the team be coached by his team and the people he hires? He would look at Howie Roseman and go, it ain't the GM. Now you do say it's the GM. Watch this. Howie had such a great offseason, and he actually poisoned himself on Sunday. How do you do that? You actually poisoned yourself in all the great things you did because Jonathan Gannon let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, Howie's in the room. Oh, oh you know, Howie, you know, he, you know, tells us who to play and who not to play. Really? <laughs> he tells us who not to play and play? Jonathan Gannon knocked him out. Classic. Gannon hears it, and he couldn't take it anymore. And it was the first mistake he's made as an Eagle coach, and it's the biggest mistake you can make. Dude, you could call anybody else out in that organization. You can't make a mistake with that guy. That guy now, eh, check one on Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> eh, I think Jonathan Gannon's got a check mark. By the way, Jason Cole, bottom of the hour, we'll talk NFC East and Eagles with him and get his opinion. Huh? You think Howie's not doing this? Hey, um, let's put a bug on that guy's phone over there. <laughs> <laughs> let's put a bug on that guy's phone. By the way, I want all paperwork that he gets from all the coaches to come to my office. Hey, and tell him this too. I want to see him. Oh, yes, sir. Get him more than. Ask you a question. Leave my name out of your mouth. 
You give him a Will Smith. Hey, Jonathan Cannon, leave my name out of your mouth. How you doing? Then I think Howie has turned on Jeff. Dude, he's a good GM. Let him do what he's great at, his job, and that's it. Correct. Correct. You're dead on. Dude, he's really good at caps. He's good at he, – he's finally figured out. Let his personnel people figure out, hey, and is this really that hard of a – get this. Is this really that hard to figure out? 58 guys were drafted out of Alabama and are on first day opening rosters, and 53 guys are from LSU on opening day rosters. Gee, I might want to recruit the SEC. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and the SEC. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to stray too far from that. Okay? My chances of success in the SEC as a personnel guy are 10 to 1. Me going into Mountain West and getting a guy like Jordan Love. Finding a guy like Josh Allen, do you know how lucky? You know it's luck. Josh Allen's a Mountain West guy. Okay? He's a Mountain West guy. CIA Howie. Hey, why don't you bring your playbook over here, Jonathan Gannon? Gannon, better not have any more. Oh, I agree. They'll come up with some reason to blow his ass out. Gannon protecting himself from credit. It's what happens. Hey, we all know this. Sean, right? You hear a ton of crap all the time. Ton of crap, ton of crap. It starts to build up, man. You blow your stack a little bit. You lose a little poison. You say something you shouldn't. We all do it. And he did it. That's why there was a a consorted effort to kind of set the record straight today a little bit with the Inquirer, IP, the press conference, and all of that. Now, he doesn't really have anything to say with the game plan. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we buy that. And you believe that. But in Philly, nobody in the NFL believes that shit. Can't watch Thursday night football anymore. Brian, just go online and Google some things and you'll be able to get there. Trust me. Big Sills gets there. <laughs> yeah. Gannon will be gone by the bye week. They're not going to do that. How he's not firing somebody he hired in the middle of the bye week. The guy wouldn't get rid of Jalen Rager. Oh, Jalen Rager comes to town Monday night. You hear what two what um what the new coach in Minnesota said? This is him, Kevin O'Connell. You hear what he said? He's going to be special teams for us. Hey, by the way, you see the coach too, man? He refuses all access to the Philly media for interviews on him. He's like, no, no, we're not talking to anybody in Philly. Not doing it. Not doing it. Oh, man. This guy wants your ass, man. 
This guy wants nothing to do with anything. He's going to keep his guys here, and you're going to be over there in that corner. The Vikings are coming for you. Okay? The Vikings are coming for you, dude. Yes, sir. Want nothing to do with you. He goes, I don't know. The head coach of the Vikings, man, was asked if he could do some press for the Philly media. He goes, not happening. I don't know if I've ever heard that. I think that's actually a fine. I thought you had to be accessible to to media sessions. I, I, I know. I think that's for the players you have to be. But I, I never heard a coach go, nah, I'm not talking to them. <laughs> I'm not talking to them. Okay. Rule change this year. Media dudes cried about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just disrespectful. <laughs> Dude, nobody owes you anything, man. Go do your own work. Shit, man. Polly Shore was putting up all them stats on Jalen's greatness. I mean, Jalen threw for 5,400 yards already this year, according to Polly Shore. That dude had him up on the, on the scoreboard, man. I mean, Jalen must have threw for 37 touchdowns and 5,400 yards already. You kidding me? It was crazy. I mean, one of the greatest off-seasons I've ever seen. Anybody have put numbers up. It was like 37 touchdowns, two picks, 5,400 yards, 79 completion percentage. And he spun the ball great. New look on the ball, too, is what he said. It was unbelievable. Crazy look. That Polly Shore guy from WIP, man, has to go in the record books. <laughs> he spun it, though, didn't he? Right? By the way, Dan, how is every single stadium selling out with hyperinflation? Hey, porn? Alcohol and football are recession-proof. Remember that. Okay? Always remember that. Porn, alcohol, and football, recession-proof. The rest of it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay? It used to just be porn and alcohol. Now it's porn, alcohol, and football. Those are recession-proof. You kidding me? You're never going to have a problem in the NFL. when it, Hey, how does the NFL continue to make money during a pandemic and every other league suffers? You know what was funny? The salary cap went down, but the NFL's revenue went up. <laughs> the, the NFL's revenue went up, but players' salaries came back down. You know, you, you know, you'd swim with sharks. Right? Sales, Minnesota's defense is horrible. Been horrible since 18. They look different against the Packers, and you're right. The reason that that Vikings team was terrible a year ago, it wasn't the fact that their offense was bad. They had the least amount of turnovers of every team in the league, did the Vikings. The quarterback had like seven picks or something. They had no turnovers. That defense, and I don't know why it played bad. They got some talent. Their three linebackers they have could be the best threesome in the league when it comes to a group. They got pass rushers. They're secondary solid. I don't know what happened. 
I think what happened that locker room and that side of the football stopped listening, in my opinion, to uh, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's a good coach. I like Mike Zimmer. And Mike Zimmer did fail, Yale. You know what, though, Yale? If you look at his record, he doesn't have an underwater record. He's going to get another opportunity. I I wouldn't mind Mike Zimmer as my D coordinator in Philly. Mike Zimmer's another guy. He's down with Dion now at Jackson State, making $32,000 a year. He made $5 bucks last year. I mean, Mike Zimmer is a good coach. I know him from a long time ago. He's a good, he's good people too. And he would get after those guys. He would totally get after those guys. I'm going to say one more thing here, and I want to transition over to this one more time about Jordan Davis. Guys, I'm not suggesting to you in any way here on September 15th, and I don't want you to leave this show today thinking that I think that the guy's a bum or he's he's a bust or anything yet. But here's another example of drafting a guy like you did Devontae Smith, and you really don't know how to properly, properly utilize him. Bringing in a guy like Hassan Redick, I don't know. It just doesn't look right. And it doesn't look like it fits. Devontae is a fine ball player. But in that system where they've had a ton of yards or a ton of catches at the wideout position, it's always been backs and tight ends. Never really wideouts. T.O. had that 04 year. It was fantastic. There was a couple sporadic Macklin and Jackson years. The rest of them have been eight, 900 yard kind of things. Nothing over the top. Okay. And when you get a guy like AJ, you go, you know why you're so impressed with that? Get this. You guys are so impressed with AJ Brown because you haven't seen it since 04. Think how long that is. You haven't seen a guy like, hey, Cooper Cup does that every week. Justin Jefferson does that every week. Some of those receivers in Cincinnati do it every week. There's guys all over the league. That's not that. Look, 155 is a great day. Not saying it's not. I'm saying, but you go to some of those places, like Green Bay when they had Devontae Adams there, you know, It's a good look. It's a new day, Sills. Chill out. Watch the. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hey, no, I'm not saying that. I think that that was a great addition, bringing in AJ Brown. But when you don't have anybody else as a factor in your offensive passing attack, I don't know. Let's see how that plays out against Minnesota. If you're looking to have a spread offense and you're looking to do more, my opinion, okay, you got to spread the ball out more. Now, they got to do a better job of pass protection, too. Jalen had to – he had a bail on many of those runs because they were pass set up first, and he had a run because protection wasn't there. Wasn't the offense. It was more about the defense in that game. They win the game, though. It's week one. But, again, like I told you, 
That D coordinator is the same coordinator over the last 19 weeks. Last 19 ball games, okay? It's the same stuff no matter who the personnel is in there. All right, enough with that. Let's bring our friend in, our Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole, and get his spin here. Jace, appreciate you jumping aboard with us. Let me ask you how you take things game in week one when you're looking at the NFL. It's got to be one of the the two weirdest weeks in the NFL have to be the last week of the season and the first week of the season. How do you look at the first week of the season when you're when you're when you're evaluating teams? It's kind of like an extension of preseason. I look at it as um, you're going to see sloppy tackling. You're going to see a lot of mistakes on on offense. Guys not in sync. How quickly can guys turn that around? So I look at it as more like it's almost like game three of the preseason used to be in the old four-game preseason format. How sharp does the team look? Now, you're seeing them for four quarters instead of one quarter in that situation. But that's kind of how it is, especially from a hitting standpoint, because teams just don't hit in training camp anymore. And that you know, every coach is scared to have their guys out there, so they're preserving them. That's that's how I look at the first week. The last week, I don't know. That's not as freaky to me because most teams are either in it and they're playing for it, or they've quit. So right, yeah. right. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're dead. Are the Eagles one of your teams that could be the surprises in the NFC this year? And and and, and Jace, follow me here when I go here. Look. You've got kind of, you mean, you've got a quarterback in Green Bay who's not sure he still wants to play or not. You've got an injured quarterback potentially in Los Angeles with Stafford. God knows what's going on with Brady in his personal life. You've got a quarterback decision thing going on in San Francisco. You got Dak and now Cooper Rush. Isn't this kind of setting up here for the Eagles if they just take advantage of it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Eagles are, are right there. And, Look, I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, but he might be good enough in this year considering, yeah, Stafford, if his elbow is truly as bad as it seems to indicate. I mean, if they were chasing Jimmy Garoppolo the way that Adam Schefter reports, that tells you a lot about where they are with Stafford, right? And I think, you know, Brady, look, Brady's going to be fine, but he is also 45 and their offensive line is terrible. So what is that going to be by the end of the season? Rodgers, I, I think they're going to be fine by the end of the season. I think they're going to win that division. You know, Minnesota beat them up pretty good. Minnesota caught them at the right time in the opening week. But, I mean, if you look at the NFC East, you just kind of sit there and go, okay, the Giants will, be, the Giants will finally go the right direction. Washington will play hard because of Ron Rivera. And Dallas is already, you know, they're, they're pretty much shot already. Um and Mike McCarthy is probably freaking out from week to week because he knows they're just waiting for Sean Payton to decide he wants to come to Dallas. As a Hall of Fame voter and as a guy plugged into the league, give me your assessment of Howie Roseman. And the reason I ask you this, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, came out and he kind of like spilled the beans a little bit that prior to us getting everything ready for game plan, we go over the game plan with the general manager and the head coach on what we want to look like. And that's the first time I've ever heard 
that a general manager outside of Jerry Jones is involved in a game plan for Sunday. And this was the D coordinator saying that. Is he too involved in too many areas of the team? And this is what gets in the way of him? Well, I don't know. I mean, what is he doing when he's listening? Is he listening because he wants to understand how they use personnel so he can learn more about football? Or is he signing off on this is what our attack is going to look like? You so, tell me. I don't, I I mean, don't, I don't know. There? I don't know. I fear that he's got too much involvement in the actual X's and O's and doesn't – because, look, lay people do this all the time. They think they know football. They really don't. I remember, you know, Mike Tannenbaum did this with the Jets. He said, oh, well, you eventually pick things up and you learn about personnel. No, you don't, Mike. Stick to the cap. Stick to being, a, stick to being the guy who write, writes the contracts. Don't pretend that you know football. Okay, listen. If you're smart, you listen and say, okay, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And if you listen carefully enough, you know this is the type of players we want to have. But don't go beyond that point. And Tannenbaum did that with the Jets, which was his undoing. And he tried to continue to do that with the Dolphins when he went there. So I fear that Howie's going to fall into that same, um, that same problem. But I don't know that. I, I don't know what the dynamic is. So I don't want to say definitively one way or another. But I worry about it when I hear that. Should people worry about the Cowboys this year? Do you think they're in huge trouble? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, they got everybody hurt. It's, just, it's I mean, they're hurt yeah. and overpaid. I, I don't know about overpaid. I never, I don't know. I, I never complain about what football players make. Okay, it doesn't matter. But I will just say this: they've got, they've got significant enough injuries that they can't function properly right now. That's how deep it is. And you don't expect that to happen before the season starts. And that's where they're at right now. Do you think that they would make a run at Garoppolo? I don't think Garoppolo is really available. Okay. So you think that situation has changed? And I said this, Jace, and I agree. I think Garoppolo's starting in three weeks in San Francisco. And they're not getting rid of that guy. They're, the only reason he's not starting now it's because of the equity they spent on those three first-rounders to get in that two-hole, and they get, sent those picks to Miami. It's the only reason because that kid ain't it, man. I'm telling you. Well, look, I like to, I'd like to give Trey Lance a little bit more runway to find out what he is. But I can tell you this for right now, he's not accurate enough and not consistent enough to be a championship-contending quarterback, right? So that's why they go back to Garoppolo, even though I don't think he's terribly consistent. And he's the kind of guy – I mean, I put it this way. If you give him 25 to 30 throws a game, you're going to get – with Garoppolo I'm talking about. You're going to get one or two throws every single day game. He will. Where you go, where was that going? What was he trying to do with that? And those are the kinds of plays that kill you in critical situations. The problem is that if you gave Trey Lance 25 to 30 throws right now – you probably have three, four, maybe five throws like that, and that's an even bigger problem. So, yes, I agree with you. Garoppolo eventually starts. I believe that the players in the locker room trust Garoppolo more than they trust Trey Lance. It's not a like or dislike thing. Like they, right. Everything I hear about Trey Lance is, is a good kid, works hard, you know, is there early, leaves late, does everything you need him to do. 
but he's not ready. I mean, look, he hasn't played since he hasn't played consistently since 2019. I know. It, you know it's, I mean, it's, last it's a year crazy at North thing. Dakota State. I mean, Jason's last year at North Dakota State, he played one game. The year before that, he played like 11 games, and he hasn't played in all this time. And I mean, I don't know where you're seeing. I don't know where people see how you evaluate a guy when you really don't have a lot of game film on him. To me, it's just like he looks like Colin Kaepernick playing. He's not even quite that good. Yeah, he's not like that. I, 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 he's I think, not Colin Kaepernick even. No, he's not as good as Colin was. And Colin was Colin didn't last very long um, because I think a lot of things went to his head too fast and didn't work out. But you know, but Colin initially had talent, and he had played enough and got out there that you could see what his pluses and minuses were. I mean, they did after all. You know, managed to get to a Super Bowl and got within a couple of throws of win- winning that Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. Now they were driven by defense. I understand that, but you know he was there and and could have easily won it. I can't see a team winning a Super Bowl this year with Trey Lance. That's not to say he they never will, but I have no idea. The kid hasn't played enough, and this is the problem. Like Kyle Shanahan. I think panicked a little bit last year. He was also kind of that typical Shanahan pickiness at quarterback. Like we can always do better. And it's like, sometimes you just have to live with what you have and build around it and, and make it work. And with Trey Lance, he, I think he panicked, went out and got a guy who just needs a lot of work. And it's hard to give a guy a lot of work when you're trying to win a title. Absolutely. I want to get over, to Washington here. One of our um, viewers here wanted a question here, and I agree. I wanted to get into Wentz as well. Do you think Washington, after what you've seen, and I'll tell you this too, Jace, people are not looking more into what that Washington win over the Jags was. I know it's the Jags. I get it. But that's the same team that had Carson Wentz lose his job in Indianapolis. He's going against his former coach. And here's a guy that didn't have a lot of equity in that Washington locker room, or at least some of the players were like, they listen like everyone else. Guy's not a great leader. You know, people question whether or not he's a guy you can rally around. I thought that was a big win for him. And the fact that, get this, it was a good start. How about this? It was a good launching point for him as they go into Detroit. Can you lean on Carson Wentz, you think? And does he have a bounce back season? Even though he was 27 touchdowns and seven picks last year. Leaning on Carson Wentz. I know. I get it. <laughs> that, is a lo- that is a loaded question, and the answer is no. You, okay. you guide Carson Wentz. And I think you hope that you don't present yourself with too many situations where he has to go out and win the game, and you limit the number – and that hopefully when you do have those inevitable moments where you need a two-minute drive or you need something to happen, you know, like 30 seconds and you need to feel a goal, will he make those plays? And will he then regain the confidence that he had before the injury? Will he get back to that slowly but surely? But if you're saying, oh, we're going to lean on this guy right now, I mean, come on. I agree. I agree. I, 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 come on. I mean, like I la- last, year, last year was the proof of it. You can't lean on that guy anymore. Philly found out. Indy found out really quickly, and Washington is taking a last gasp effort to see if they can be the one to finally fix him. That you know he's hit bottom enough that 
he'll now work on whatever the problem is. I would say this, though, to his defense. I mean, you think that Matt Ryan is an upgrade? Well, they just tied the Texans. I mean, it's not like they've had but, but games. They had, yeah, they had some, but they had some mistakes early in that game that, that cost them. They should have won that game by all. And they they outplayed the Texans pretty significantly. They did. Okay, and and Matt Ryan was fine. Matt Ryan was not the reason they ended up in a tie in that game. No, it was actually yeah, their defense. Was, yeah, that, that was a problem early on. Davis Mills actually had a pretty good game for the first quarter, for the first two and a half quarters, basically. And then they basically shut him down. They figured him out. And – in the fourth quarter, you know, Indianapolis should have won the game. That's the bottom line. The Giants seem to have a different tempo about themselves with Brian Dable in the room. I'm not suggesting that this thing's turned around, but I don't know, man. Barkley looked like – one of the most important things that I think he was hired for, Jace, mm-hmm. I think he was hired for two things, to reestablish Saquon Barkley and to see if he can fix uh, Daniel Jones. Well, one yeah. of the things that he did do was reestablish Barkley a little bit as one of the top runners in the NFC. And we'll see about Daniel Jones yet, but they could be 2-0 and after this week against Carolina. I mean, how are you feeling about the Giants? Look, I think that Brian Dayball may end up being the best former Belichick assistant um, to become a head coach. I think he has the right mindset. I think he's his own person. Um, like I can't imagine Bill Belichick doing that post game dance that Dayball did after after the opening week, but that was himself. That was himself. Like he was himself. Whereas Josh McDaniels and and Matt Patricia and all those other guys tried to be little Bills. Brian Dayball has said, "No, I'm going to coach the way that I coach, and I'll establish." And if you look at Dayball's record, look, he turned Jalen Hurts into a pretty good quarterback at Alabama for, before Tua came along, right? Yeah. Then he he helps Tua become one of the top picks coming out of the college game, right? And then he goes and he takes Josh Allen and takes a guy who's kind of a nuclelouche, you know, wild arm thrower with, a with you know, a big gun of an arm, and he settles that guy down into being a passer with enough runnability, you know, and smarts to take advantage of that runnability – but he turns him into a real quarterback, right? So I think the Dayball has, has established his own record of success, his own um, resume in, in this case. And he's a guy who will become a great head coach on his own. I believe that that will happen. And certainly the best among a bunch of guys out of Belichick's tree who never turned out. Absolutely, man. I, I, I completely agree here. I'm, and speaking of Belichick, finally here. Do you agree, Jason, that the Belichick mystique is gone? Well, yeah. Nobody Tom, fears – you don't fear that team anymore. Well, yeah, because they don't have Tom Brady. So <laughs> okay. it was Brady then. Well, it's always the – play. like, I hate this question, Sills. Like, co- coaches aren't anything without players. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, let's – like, there's – there's no magical X's and O's that anybody draws up that you can win with if you don't have players. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches in the world because, and maybe the greatest coach ever because he maximized Tom Brady's talent, okay, while he had Tom Brady. But name me another great coach who didn't have a great quarterback. I agree. Right? They all did. Okay. They, they all, you know, if you're going to win multiple titles. 
So give Belichick a lot of credit. Now, is Mac Jones going to be a guy that anybody fears? Doesn't look like it. Okay. Then Belichick's not going to be anybody that is not going to be anybody that anybody fears either. Other than, you know, he's going to win strategy games still. If you come down to clock management and strategy, he's going to beat you. But but on players alone, no, he can't. I think you're dead on, man. I do. I think, like you said, I mean, and quite frankly, when you talk about a coach that's recruited and drafted quarterbacks, sure, the McKeel uh, Harry, the Kill Harrys of the world. Okay, I get it, but let's not forget: Jacoby Brissett starts, Mac Jones starts, Tom Brady starts. These are all guys that Bill Be- Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start. He potentially could have four quarterbacks this year that he drafted in New England as a starting quarterback. That's pretty remarkable for a guy to evaluate that position when numerous coaches and GMs get that position wrong. Look, he might be – it's a very short list of guys who are great at consistently drafting quarterbacks, okay? Belichick has done a pretty good job that you just talked about. Not great, but pretty good. Andy Reid, his drafting of quarterbacks and development of quarterbacks is pretty extraordinary, right? Um, Ernie Acorsi took – Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Only guy to ever do that. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. No, Bill I mean, Walsh, Bill getting Walsh, trading he for did, trading for he tra- he, tra- he traded for Steve Young. Yep. Right. But I'll also tell you this: Bill Walsh, a do- half a dozen, if not a dozen times, wanted to get rid of Joe Montana. Right. Yeah, like, but for Elway. <laughs> but you know, for now, for other guys too. Trust me. He, he, you know, he, he did, he, and he you know, was part of the Carmazzi and the Drunken Miller stuff too. So right. So look. I'm just saying that it's a very short list of guys who draft great quarterbacks. More often than not, they kind of actually end up like Al Davis with Mark Wilson, Jamarcus Russell, and Todd Marinovich, which is a hell of a trio. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know about quarterbacking, but you could have a hell of a party with them three dudes. (laughs) Oh, you that would be a great party. And can you imagine Al? Al would be the Al would be the uh, the the host of the party, and he goes, "Yeah, go into a different room. You'll find Marinovich there. That'd be fantastic, hey, unbelievable." <laughs> Jace, thank you so much. Awesome stuff, brother. I appreciate you doing this. Have fun tonight. Thank you. Anytime, dude. Be good. You got it. That's our friend Jason Cole. All right, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. 
I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show. How y'all doing? I'm like Brian Kelly. How y'all doing up there? All you shit kickers, how you doing? Everybody good? Hey, man. You'll do any... Hey, when you're making 10 million bucks, man, you'll act like anything. Right? How you want me to act? I can act it too. What is it? 9.5? Shit, man. I'm a goat roper now. <laughs> How you doing? I'm a boat gober around. Get tell you do that Chetlins now. How you watching this game tonight? Pirate it. <laughs> do it, Big Sil. Pirate that bitch, man. Amazon Prime. Hey, man, you gotta order something like. Do I have to order like a cheese sandwich or do I have to order like some mittens or something before I can watch me some football tonight? It's a damn good one too, man. It's a damn good one. Who do you got tonight? Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert? I got a great picture of Justin Herbert in me, man. I really like that kid. I really like him. And we're boys. Yeah, you guys don't want a guy like that. You're all... You guys are all, look, you know, sold on Jalen Hurts. You would never want a guy like that. You wouldn't want Justin Herbert. <laughs> Do I get that picture of Herbert and Big Sills? Oh, it's a really good one, too. And Mario Cristobal, he was the guy that introduced me to him. And I really loved the kid, man. We had a great conversation. And we talk. Here he is right here. Look at how much taller he is than me, though. Wait a second here. Now, look, I'm in flip-flops. So just so you know, I know he can eat a bowl of soup off my head. Do not say anything, Stuart. Now, I'm 6'1". 
I'm six one, legitimate. Okay. There's big sills of Justin Herbert. This guy could have ate a cream sea, a cream cheese uh, sandwich off my head. Look at that. Look how much taller he is than me. I mean, this guy could eat a bowl of soup off my head. Look how tall he is. There's your guy tonight. Dude, this guy, he's like 6'7". I look like I'm like 5'9". I mean it, man. How do I watch football tonight for free, Dan? There's many ways, dude. Just Google it. Dude, that kid, that kid is a big dude. And so I asked him, I go, hey, man, how's it been for you in the NFL? He goes, I go, what's been, I think it was about two weeks ago, I texted him. I asked him what his biggest deal was. And he said to me, he goes, the speed of the cornerbacks shutting down routes is the biggest adjustment. Like, those guys from point A to point B, they close that gap. And they do it with technique, and they do it with athleticism, and they do it with phenomenal speed. And he he said, hey, that gap, so you got to get that ball out there quick. I mean, you got to whip that in. I go, you having trouble reading? He, You know what he said? Funny. This goes along the lines of Jalen Hurts. He said, yeah, well, I, I stuck to two at first. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, they rolled me kind of right, like to a hash. They made me step. And so I had kind of like a third of the field to deal with. I didn't have the whole field. This year I'm seeing more of the field. So he said they kind of like did a really good job of schooling. They've done a really nice job of coaching him. I still don't think Brandon Staley's the dude, though. Okay? I still don't think he's the dude. But tonight, who do you got? Kansas City or the Chargers? Dude, I I got the Chargers tonight. I think the Chargers win this ball game tonight. I think they got a better defense. Other side of the ball, you don't really have another pass rusher outside of Chris Jones on the D-line. You lost Honey Badger in the secondary. And they got – now, I don't know if Derwin James is playing. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if Derwin's playing, but I do know Khalil Mack is. Shit, man. Khalil Mack had three and a half sacks last week. This guy's I got the Chargers tonight, man. I think the Chargers are gonna pretty dying. Why did you have flip-flops on anyway? Good point. Hey, and flip-flop, wait a minute. You want to hear it really? Hey, hey, pretty dime. You want to hear something even more obnoxious? I did it the Italian way. Black socks and flip-flops. That's old man Dan. It's not a good look. <laughs> My wife goes like this. Dude, okay? Don't wear the black socks and flip-flops. Come on, man. You're not 65. Great show. Thank you, guys, man. Show is great, but you're horrible, Sills. Thank you very much. That's a massive compliment coming from Gigi. Keenan Allen's out. Oof. <laughs> yeah, pretty dime. Bad look, man. You see, hey, I have to wear socks, though, pretty dime. 
because my heels, it's not good. You know, old man, you know, men are lazy. They don't take care of themselves. And plus, my wife doesn't like the fact that, you know, she just goes, cover those things up, man. I mean, I've, I, 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 my feet belong on a Tyrannosaurus X, okay? <laughs> you know, if you see a Tyrannosaurus X, you know, those ones that are in the museum, and you see those hands like this, that's Big Sill's feet. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus X. <laughs> oh, man, not good. <laughs> Dude, that guy's tall, man. Foot powder? Nah, man, I think I have to soak my inepsin salts. That's what my grandpa used to say. There's two things I used to have to do. You know what Brioshki is? Fragida? You know, you drink the Brioshki. Like, here's my grandfather. Watch this, sitting at his dinner table, watching football with me. He's got his feet in Epsom salts, and he's drinking uh, Brioshki for his agita. Ugh. Give me a highball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, man, I appreciate everybody coming aboard, you guys. <laughs> I thank you so much, man, for everyone coming aboard. You've been a lot of fun today, as always. Guys, great. Please hit the like button. Xander, you were awesome, as always. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6, Football Friday. Wow, here we are again, man, already. Have a great one. We'll see you on the flip side.